This week's episode mentions suicide, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and body dysmorphia. If these are things you struggle with, listen with caution with a trusted adult or companion or not at all. Stay safe. Hey guys, it's Gina, back for another episode on another Wednesday, with a, and I'm alone on this one, so, with a very heavy topic, a very heavy topic, which is mental health. This episode is called Mental Health is Everything, because honestly it is, I think it's something that has come to light in very recent years thank god in my lifetime like in my upbringing something that's been implemented in my in me being raised you know some a lot of things people are more aware of you know as of recently so very grateful for that um but it is everything and I think even though it's talked about a lot now, you can never get too much of it, of mental health specifically. I think you can never stop talking about how you can feel better as a person, mentally, physically, emotionally, all that jazz. (laughs) But yeah, so for this episode, I want to be a complete open book. I want to share my experience with anxiety, depression, eating disorders, all that not-so-fun stuff, and very serious stuff and should not be joking about, but, you know, when you make jokes in very uncomfortable, like, situations, and you shouldn't, and they're very serious, that's me! (laughs) So... Don't take how I'm joking about it or if I'm being seeming sarcastic or something out of line. Like, I'm not doing that to be offensive or at all. It's just me, like, trying to fight that I'm being vulnerable, but I'm being vulnerable to help me grow, you know? So, I guess we're just going to start right into it. So, what mental health means to me is something that is so important and something that influences my everyday life I want to think that I don't go a day without thinking or checking in with myself if I'm in a good mood or I don't if I feel happy if I feel sad all that you know that some of that intrapersonal thoughts of mine Um, but it definitely means so much to me because there were times where everything around me was crumbling crumbling So, having the the will, this point in my life, to build that all up is crazy. Because if you talk to me, like, how old am I? I'm about to be 20, like, six years ago. I would have told you that life was pointless and that I had nothing to live for. But here I am on October 1st telling you that there's so much to live for and that mental health is definitely one of them because it's something that is so like important and it needs to be understood just as physical health is just as it is 
it needs to be shed like it needs more light I don't know how to explain that but I think you got what I mean um so um I want to talk about I'm gonna get straight into it I guess actually I'm gonna put a side note I've been stalling like very like stalling to film this episode I have actually been in like probably the worst mental state I've ever been in for the past like two weeks um that I've been in in a long time I'm not saying I'm you know I'm 14 again and I'm having very bad thoughts I'm I'm not there I don't I I won't ever go back there but you know it's been hard it's been a hard two weeks and I think that happens in the process of healing it definitely does because it happens to me it happens to you something very normal and should definitely you shouldn't be hard on yourself and I'm trying not to be hard on myself but it's definitely you know it like it's unencouraging when you have these moments of oh the this is how I felt before and it's all coming back and it's like a flood and I feel like I'm drowning type thing but yeah so I've been feeling like that so I felt like I'd be kind of a hypocrite if I was talking about oh, like, this is what I did, and this is how I feel better, like, all that, like, you know what I mean, like, I felt like a hypocrite if I was gonna film, like, two weeks ahead of when this video, when this video, when this podcast is supposed to come out, and I was feeling like this, I would feel like a hypocrite, but then I took another perspective, and I was like, this is the perfect time to fit, to record this podcast, because I'm, not feeling the same way at this point in my life that I'm about to talk about, but I'm in a vulnerable state. And I think that's when everyone is their most, most authentic self is when they're vulnerable. And here I am (laughs) being vulnerable. Okay. Anyways, all that bullshit for no reason. So, um, I want to talk about anxiety to start off because I think um everyone has a different experience with anxiety and there can be so many different symptoms and different just ways you deal with it or experiences or panic attacks anxiety attacks like you could have panic there's so many different things and I'm not a doctor not licensed in any of this but this is my experience and So, I think the first time I ever experienced anxiety was at such a young age. Um, This is kind of a lame and funny example, but um, I remember being in kindergarten, and I would, like, my teacher, I don't know what she was doing, but everyone was on that color, like, rainbow carpet, everyone was sitting in a square, like, the orange row, you know what carpet I'm talking about. We were, me and my friend were in the back row, and she was telling me some story, right? And I was like, and I was like really engaged in the story, but my teacher was talking, so I felt rude. But also, the story was so good. I could not tell you what the story is, but I remember it was so interesting because I was listening and not listening to the teacher. And I remember responding or saying something to my friend who was telling me, and then my teacher saw me the, like talking. 
and she was like, Gina, why are you talking? That's so rude or something. I don't know. Literally in kindergarten, I just felt attacked. And she called me out in front of everyone. So I remember, like, I remember feeling like a pit, like, in my stomach or I felt like my throat, like, like, get patchy. I don't know what it was. I just felt these aches and I just felt so uncomfortable because she called me out. And to make it even worse, she, we had a color chart. So she moved me from green to yellow. And I remember my face fell. And I remember freezing up and literally staring at her. And I felt like the, like literally like my my eyes start to get watery, but I didn't cry. I just remember being like, wow, like I can't ever make a mistake like that again, right? So I just, I, I, that's my first real vivid memory with anxiety. I don't really want to say that experience was as bad as how it later progressed because I was only like five, six years old, but that's around when it started, but I didn't know. I want to say my, (laughs) it's my dog. Okay. But I want to think like my anxiety went undiagnosed for years, but, um, I remember where it got like the worst was definitely in high school I want to say like junior year was probably the worst it ever got but I remember experiencing it a lot in middle school um I remember just like getting anxiety from every little thing or really caring about my outward appearance and would have literal like I'd be in fight or flight mode if like my hair was out of place and I was like oh my god Sarah's gonna think I'm fucking ugly and so is freaking Chris and all these other people they're gonna think I'm ugly so I would just constantly be in fire flight mode and having like severe anxiety over superficial things like that um yeah so it was it, it was kind of like I don't want to say I was in a constant like mode or like feeling of anxiety but I remember just being very anxious in middle school okay but anyways fast forward to what the worst it's ever gotten and it was definitely definitely in junior during junior year so I remember like I said I was in a consistent fight or flight mode I remember there would be moments like I'd be in a conversation with someone and I'd feel like left not left out but I guess I'd start feeling left out or like I'd start zoning out, I'd start disassociating more or less, and I felt like I was in a fight or flight mode, I felt like the tears were about to fall out, I, I remember feeling this feeling as someone is literally, like, as if I was laying down and someone was literally stomping on my chest, that's how out of breath I, I would become, Uh, my thoughts would be so jumbled, my brother told me this expression the other day. He's like, I have like 10,000 tabs open in my head. And I was like, yeah, that's that's how much I would overthink too with anxiety. So I, I related with him when he said that. Um, I felt really small, insignificant. I felt not good enough. That's the thoughts that would go through my head. Multiple thoughts like that, like in different variations, different forms, like anything and everything like that would go through my head when I would start feeling like that 
Um, I don't, I want to say that my trigger was definitely feeling left out or along those lines or anything in conversation. It usually really happened when I was with friends, I guess. I don't know. It, or when I was yelled at. I remember if I was yelled at really badly by like a family member or anyone of authority, I would go into that. Um, reference to me getting yelled at in kindergarten, maybe, in her child, but, yeah, that would happen, and it was awful, I did not wish the, the, those feelings, or that feeling in general, on anyone, and if you have experienced that, like, you understand, or you have had your own, like specific experience too and you're just like wow I didn't even know that could be a thing of it too like yeah it's crazy there's so much that can go on like I remember reading a post that was like when you zone out that's a form of anxiety and I was like you're serious I didn't know that and I was like I zone out way too much so me going into me being subconsciously like going through like an anxiety attack and I wouldn't even know it, you know? Like, that's crazy. I want to say what I want to go into what helped me in a little bit, but I still get anxiety attacks. It still happens. But to the magnitude, like, does it happen to the magnitude or the freak, like, are they as frequent as they were when it was at its worst? Definitely not. I think in the last six months, I've probably had like three, which is actually very good for me because in the six month span of junior year, I probably had more than 20, (laughs) definitely more than 20. And I never went on any medication because I never had, I, I never, um, was given that opportunity if you feel like that's right for you definitely advise it if you don't feel like it's right for you definitely don't do it it's a personal preference but this is when I'm going to go into what helped me I didn't have medication minding you what I just did and this is recent that I did this like I always say like I've started working myself in the last two years maybe it's not even two years yet and what I did was I started meditating And when I tell you that meditating when I first started was the hardest thing I ever had to do, especially if you have anxiety, you're going to think it's so fucking hard to do. And it is. It's not easy because like my brother said, you have 10,000 tabs going on in your head right now and they're all open and they all have shit playing and they're all going. And it's hard to clear it and press an X out of all of them. It's hard. It's really hard, but when I started working on my breathing, started grounding myself, started doing that thing where it's like, okay, do five things you see, four things you can touch, three things, like, you know, that thing, I started grounding myself, and I didn't really specifically do that one, I just did the breathing part of it, but if you do that one, that helps so much. I have had friends or people I've talked about anxiety with, they do that and it helps them. So definitely look into that because I am not someone who definitely knows the ins and outs of that. So, but yeah, definitely meditating, clearing my mind is 
something that helped just doing that for at least 10 minutes every day made such a difference I don't even know how like I just like all that those shitty thoughts that I would get throughout the day they just started fading because I had time to myself for like 10 minutes where I thought about absolutely nothing or if I would think about something while I was meditating I'd just be like I'm sending that thought love and just letting it go I would say that I would literally say that in my head because I was like I need a lot of love right now because you know I was trying to get better you know um but yeah consistent breath work is what helped me literally look it up there's this app called oh my god stop it's called breath work I think I literally have it (laughs) me literally freaking out okay wait I'm looking it on my phone right now yeah it's called breath work like the word breath and then wrk and it's absolutely amazing I started doing that that's not sponsored but (laughs) maybe one day question mark okay but breath work helped me so much. Um, I did that without the app. And then I discovered the app on TikTok. And that's when I got it to it anymore. I want to say I've been very neglectful to the app as of recently. But I used to do it religiously. No joke. Um, something that helped. And I actually saw this in a Grey's Anatomy. Um, Grey's Anatomy episode. And basically, it's hugs. So, I think Christina Yang, if you guys know the show, well, one of the doctors was having a really bad anxiety attack. And she was freaking out. And she didn't want anyone to touch her. And just this other doctor just ran up behind her and just hugged her. And actually, it's the best thing you can do when someone's having a panic attack, anxiety attack, even if they don't think that they want it, because it calms down their parasympathetic system. Okay, like I said, not a doctor, don't know anything. It just calms the system down in your body and makes you feel relaxed because you're getting hugged. I don't know if you guys saw, it was trending at one point, you need like 18 hugs a day to freaking survive or have a good life, so... If that doesn't tell you anything, I don't know what. But I would literally, like, in my house, quarantine, I'd literally hug my mom, like, ten times a day. I'm not even joking. I'd hug my little brother so much because it it would help. I'm not, I'm so serious. Like, I'm the type of person who has a love language of physical touch. So it made sense why that would help me. And I know that seems so stupid. And you're like, Gina, how did hugs help you? Like, just try it. (laughs) Just literally try it. I feel like at the end of the day, what humans want is to feel loved and be loved. So hugs is like the easiest form of showing that. And I feel like that just tells your subconscious that you are loved, even if you don't believe it. And that definitely helped me. Um, so I went a little bit into talking about my triggers, but I feel like it'd just be very like specific, not specific. I don't know. how. To, I don't want to like make anyone like it wasn't like certain people or it wasn't certain situation and what was certain situations it was just like when I would feel left out I feel like because maybe that's just some stuff that would like I would feel left out when I was a little kid or something like that but I just remember anytime I would feel left out or I was getting yelled at or I um just anything along those lines 
I would just start freaking out. And by freaking out, having an anxiety attack, I don't mean it, I mean it like that, but I would just literally freak out. And yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a crazy time with anxiety. And I want to say like officially, I've had it since I was like saying I was like five or six, but I really genuinely started realizing that it was anxiety in high school. So maybe like freshman year, but yeah, I was like, oh, when I looked, when I, <laughs> I think I saw a post on like Instagram or social media, like, like I'm saying mental health awareness, like it's been a big thing in the past recent years and I'm so grateful for it. I remember reading something about like, oh, these, this is odd, this is signs of anxiety. And I was like, bruh, I have every single thing that's on this list right now. Like, should I go see a doctor? Do I need medicine? Like, dead ass. I was like freaking out. And I was just like, oh my God, definitely should have probably done all of those things. But I didn't because <laughs> I don't know. I'm it's my own experience, please don't be upset with me, I'm much better now, but yes, so I'm gonna talk about, I hope you got a good understanding of how anxiety was for me, but I want to get into depression, (laughs) so fun, (laughs) definitely not, um, I want to say I started, I really got, like, I don't know. I want to say I started becoming really depressed in like 6th to 7th grade, like around that time. I know 7th grade I was depressed, so it was probably the beginning of 7th grade or end of 6th grade. A long, you know what I mean, middle school, okay? That is when I first started seeing like a cons- like a real change in who I was. Um I I remember feeling very lost and it's kind of sad for a 6th, 7th grader to feel lost when all they have to do is really be, just be a kid. And I just felt lost and I felt like a disappointment. I felt like a failure. I felt ugly. I felt... <laughs> I was literally the most... In- I don't want to say I was the most insecure person ever. In my mind, definitely so. But I don't want to compare myself to y'all, but... I was definitely so insecure, like, I can't, um, I just remember literally being so unamused by absolutely everything, like, I had no excitement, like, nothing could make me smile or laugh, and I remember feeling so dull, like, you guys know the color beige? I felt beige, I felt beige. And I definitely lost that connection with myself, that little inner child. I lost that. I lost who I was. I didn't know anything. Like I was saying, I felt lost and I lost myself. It was very, like, looking back on it, like, I send that version of me love because it just hurts to talk about. But it's helping me at the same time. Um, I was very um I don't want to say I was suicidal because that means I like attempted it and failed but I had a lot of suicidal thoughts like I would think I wonder what would happen 
if I died right now, I wonder if I just jumped out of the car right now, I wonder if I jumped off a building, I jumped out of this window, um, I want to jump out of this window, all of those thoughts, just any little thing that I could come up with trying to hurt myself, I would, like, like, you name it, I thought it, and it just brought me to this really dark place where I just felt like everything was just not worth it, you know, like, I would lay in bed for hours, I would not want to go to school, I would try to not do a lot of things, I wouldn't socialize with my family, I would, it would be minimal with people, but also not, I feel like I put such a facade in middle school and in high school about my depression. I feel like on the outside, I tried to portray that I was like the this happy person that had no trauma or any like shitty experiences or any negative thoughts. And I was just like, oh, this person, like I tried to pretend like I had it all together when I absolutely didn't. And it definitely showed because I was mean. I was so mean. Like I feel like I would project all the sadness and stuff onto people. And then I also would just put on a front that I wasn't sad. I don't know how to explain that. Like, I literally was just, I would push everyone away, more or less. Like, and I think by being mean to other people, I assumed that they would just not want to be around me anymore. And then I was, like, still, like, upset. Like, oh, no one wants to be around me. But, like, I was doing it to myself, you know, by projecting and just being not a good person, but I wasn't in a good place, and I know that doesn't give me a right to do that to other, to be mean to others, but you don't realize that when you're going through stuff like that. I don't want to speak for anyone, but I definitely didn't realize that, and it just comes with growth and, like, realizing things, um, but I felt, I felt like a burden, I don't want to walk through any of the experiences that I almost did, like, because I feel like it's very, it's, it, if I, like, tell you, it's too graphic, but just know I was in a very dark place and did not want to be here, and by here, I mean life, I didn't want to be me, I didn't want any of that, um, yeah, like, like I was saying, I felt like a burden, I felt worthless, the self-talk I would do to myself would be negative, super, super negative, uh, I think I said, would say, like, at least 10 times a day, I want to kill myself, like, literally any minor inconvenience, I said, I want to kill myself, or I would say, oh my god, I hate myself, oh my god, I hate my life, oh my god, all the shit, (laughs) and I just, looking back, I just, that, I just felt so dark, every part of me was just dark, 
I was, it's like I was engulfed in a shadow and it wouldn't let me leave. It was really bad. And it was not fun at all. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Wow, I just guess I needed a little moment. <laughs> um, I definitely, um, know wholeheartedly that when I started to work on myself and remove certain people from my life and have a different headspace, I was fully ready to be who I need to be and who I am working on continuing to be or improving, whatever you want to make of that. Um, I just... When you meditate and you just clear your mind, you get clarity. Like all the second, like the doubting and the second guessing goes away because you start becoming more sure of yourself. You start gaining more confidence. You start realizing that the trivial things or the little inconveniences that you would get so hung up about or read so much into were pointless and fucking stupid <sighs> I guess what really helped me <laughs> something almost fell <laughs> okay <laughs> that definitely needed a fucking happen because that was dark anyways I was going ah alright anyways light and mood I was just banging on the microphone for you guys and myself to wake up okay but yeah definitely I never had the privilege to go to therapy it just never worked for me I was never capable to do that I think that's definitely beneficial if you need it I wish I could have gone to therapy I can probably I I don't know if I can go now I I don't know I don't think I it's not that I don't think I need it I think everyone has like their own therapy in their own way but mine is actually talking to the people in my life and not them being my therapist but me actually being capable to express how I feel to the people I feel those emotions to is definitely what improved my mental health immensely and having the courage to do that is probably like one of the bravest things I think I've ever done to this day. And I know that probably doesn't seem a lot to some people, but to me it's everything. And I think a lot of relationships in my life have been saved or and or whatever because of it. But definitely if you have the privilege to go to therapy, definitely go. And you think you need it, definitely go. Um... Uh, one thing that really helped me get rid of my depression is acceptance. And I don't know how y'all are going to take this, but accepting how you feel will help you begin to move on. I guess the first stage of 
denial is it denial or grief I don't know what it is is like acceptance or one of those 12 step thingies I don't fucking I'm not I'm literally I'm clueless I'm, I'm kidding I'm not clueless but you know what I mean I don't know I know one of them is acceptance and I think I just approached my mental health like my mind like that is accepting the fact that I felt the way I did and I started accepting traumatic experiences that happened to me and I endured and realizing that there's nothing I could I could do at the point I was in my life because they already happened and the thing to do now is move forward and really try to keep on going I think what really um when I was feeling like that I was in a state of why did this happen to me or why do I have to go through this why do I have to feel like this all this all these feelings like why why me and I feel like I really victimized myself when really I should feel like I made it through all this shit type mentality you know like I I'm still here, like, I'm breathing, like, finding joy in the small things is what saved me, it, it really is, and I think it can save you too, I think it can save anyone, if you're open to it, I realized a lot of experiences that I went through was for a reason, I, believe and everything happen that everything happens for a reason even the bad things because it teaches you to be a strong person and to like all the bad things that happen are just reminders for you to be grateful for the good experiences in your life for you to be grateful I feel like those experiences happen because I was in a state of where I was feeling ungrateful for what I was handed you know and I don't want to say that I called anxiety depression all these things unto myself but it's just a mindset like and it is a sickness I'm not discrediting it at all it there's they are literally sickness it's a sickness I'm not downplaying it at all I'm just saying it's like if you want to have control over yourself, I feel like for me, it really helped to just face the reality of how I was feeling. So that helped me move on. And it made me realize or understand how precious life, my life specifically, really is. Like, all these experiences that were building up or kept happening is just literally a punch in the face to be like, you need to know that you are here living, breathing, and not dead right now because you need to be alive. You're here for an absolute, like, reason, an absolute purpose. You're here. You just haven't realized that yet. And once I came to that realization that I was here, meant to be here, life changed for the better 
it's still hard. All good things are not easy. Um, another thing I'm going to add that I went on a tangent, but another thing that helped me realize, not realize, <laughs> another thing that helped me with depression was asking for help. And that is something I've struggled with my entire life is asking for help and by the people I asked for help I mean my loved ones friends I expressed experience expressed (laughs) I talked about experiences with them I got their insight their perspective I got their like love and I just feel like when you're actually vulnerable with people they'll reciprocate it um and they'll like with people you know that are genuine and you know that they know like that mental health is important they will definitely reciprocate it um but yeah asking for help was definitely probably the biggest thing for me that helped me literally because that was a big weight that was lifted off my shoulders of knowing that I wasn't alone, you know? Knowing I wasn't a burden, knowing I wasn't worthless, knowing I wasn't a failure. All those negative feelings I had were just erased because it was clear to me that if people I love are listening to me, people I love care enough to tell me that any all those things I'm feeling are not true and that I matter to them and just that validation that I lacked I was getting helped me realize my own so I could validate myself in the future basically and yeah oh my god I don't know (laughs) I do know, but that's definitely my experience with that. I want to get into another one, another mental health issue, which is body dysmorphia. It's definitely not talked about enough. Um, yeah. Body dysmorphia is when you, in my definition, I'm not using a professional one, so don't trust me. Look into it. Like I'm saying, I'm giving you topics to look into if you want. But body dysmorphia is when, like, the way you see your body is, or analyze your body, or just view your body, is just different than how others see you. That's definitely very vague. I do advise you, if you're interested, to look it up like I said, um, but from my experience, it just involved a lot of analyzing of my body. I would do a lot of mirror checks, which I mean, I would stand in front of the mirror with or without clothes on, just staring at my body, being like, I don't like that part. I don't like this part. This part is ugly. This part's okay. This part needs work. And I mean, work like working out or starving myself. Damn, that was plain out. Um, I think body dysmorphia led to me having a slight eating disorder. I know this was never diagnosed, so I don't want to say that I had one, but I mean, I feel like you know when you have a problem with or without a professional opinion. I don't want to say I'm a hypochondriac, but 
I've been called that by my mother, so maybe, I don't know, but you tell me about these experiences if you think I had them, had one, um, I got into intermittent fasting shortly after I just started frequently body checking, I remember body checking as early as middle school as well, but, um, I really figured out what body dysmorphia was till, like, my senior year, maybe end of my senior, I don't know, senior year, though, and I just remember just constantly looking in the mirror, doing all those things I said, and I was like, yeah, this is a problem. I don't look the way I want to. So I um, discovered just like, and I would work out. The thing is, I would do like hit workouts in my room, like just me doing me. Like I would, I was, I've always been a very active person. So um, my size definitely at the time was healthy. But um, I definitely, um, I started intermittent fasting. And this is good for a person who definitely does not have body dysmorphia or any problems that I list, I said, any of them. If you are stable, sure, maybe try it. <laughs> but um, intermittent fasting is something definitely you need to have clear mindset if you want to do that. Um, so I tried intermittent fasting. I want to say this was like... I don't even know when this was, maybe last year, this is actually very recent, I'm not saying I'm a, a healed person, I'm not saying I'm literally the massage, I'm not saying any of those freaking things, I'm not saying here is my advice, listen to it, I am saying this is my experience, take it how you want, I guess, so basically I started intermittent fasting, I've said that like 20 times, um, so there's different versions, like there's 16 hours where you go, no, 16 hours, you go without eating and eight hours of eating, so there's like a time frame in the day, so there's 24 hours in a day, obviously, so say I stop eating at night at eight o'clock, I can't eat till, like, I don't know the exact math, so don't come at me, I'm saying this off the top of my head, maybe like 11 or 12 of the next day, right, because it's like 16 hours, I'm, could be totally wrong it is 12 oh my god yes okay (laughs) um me second guessing myself guys see still do it all right anyways um yes uh yeah I would just stop eating at like eight have like I would have nothing after eight and then I wouldn't eat till lunch the next day so no breakfast ever I would probably have two meals a day and no snacks and then I started getting really good at it and by getting really good at it I mean not good at it because it got even worse so then I went into a harder one where it was like 18 hours a day without eating and it was six hours of eating and then I went into 20 hours and four hours of eating and then there was times where I literally would only have one meal a day, sometimes nothing, and just a few snacks. And if that triggered anyone, I'm really sorry. And yeah, but that's how um, that would turn into. And definitely not healthy. And I'd literally be like, everyone around me would be like, Gina, you're getting so thin. Gina, you look so good. And I'd be like, it's working. So... Yeah, um, that was definitely something that, um, 
led to having an eating disorder. Like I said, never diagnosed, but I guess that could, I, I think it is. Um, I remember constantly comparing myself to other girls. I would literally like see a very fit and tiny girl and I'd be like, okay, like, why don't I look like that? Um, and then it'd be someone who's a completely different race, completely different ethnicity, different size. So they're like five, eight, and I'm literally like three feet tall and I'm comparing my body to them. So it'd be kind of something that I would be unattainable. And I did this probably since like middle school, maybe even before then. I remember being really conscious about my body at a very young age. Um, I actually remember being like five or six and my mom would always buy me bikinis and I would have a little belly and I'd just be like, mom, I don't want to wear bikinis anymore because I was so like self-conscious that my stomach would stick out. Um, so I definitely remember being really young and being conscious of what I thought I looked good in and what I didn't think I looked good in at a very young age. So take that as you want. Um, I definitely do not compare my body to girls as much. I try so hard now to not do that. And like I said, I make mistakes, (laughs) but, um, as does everyone, but, and then as in a mistake, I mean, sometimes I really be like, oh my God, she is beautiful. She is super thin she is a model. Why don't I look like her? And I go down a spiral. But I feel like that's very human. And that's still a part of me that needs healing. Um, but what is helping is making sure I eat. I have amazing people in my life who make sure I eat. Um, and want... They want me to eat, so they make sure and ask. Um, I just, having more self-love in, in the past, like, this eating disorder, I don't know, developed in the last, like, two, three, I don't, like, I want to say, like, two years. I remember it was, like, last year, though, like, where it was, like, bad, and then I stopped intermittent fasting because I was like, this is really bad, and, um... Yeah, I was just having more self-love. And definitely the way I started my self-love journey and working on myself, the person I am then and the person I is when I thought I was healed and to the person I am now, still realizing I am healing. (laughs) Completely different people. I feel like every day I'm a new person, (laughs) for being very honest. Um, But yeah, more self-love. I definitely try to drink a lot of water. I definitely try to cut back on overworking out I I did that I try not to anymore um definitely eating three meals a day has been uh very hard for me but I've been getting better and I definitely it's something I need to work on more for sure um so um There's a question I have written down where it says, how are you feeling today? And after literally not dumping all this on you guys, you guys listened because if you wanted to hear my experience, 
Um, but I don't want to feel like that. But how I'm feeling today, I'm feeling neutral. Like, not too, any, too much of anything today. Very balanced. Had a productive day. I got a hundred on my communications quiz, so I'm beaming, but very neutral otherwise. Like, I don't know. I'm just happy right now, I guess, but then I want to say content, but also neutral. Yeah, I should have just stuck with neutral. I got, no, mm -mm, neutral. But, yeah. So, I just want to give some advice for those struggling and myself. Give advice for myself that I wrote down weeks ago because, like I said, I was stalling to film, record this episode. But I said to have little check-ins with yourself. Like, making sure you're drinking water and eating. I've been trying to do that yep um so also and just seeing if you oh my god I'm literally struggling right now (laughs) I'm like burping I'm so sorry but you could tell I was struggling there's been so much noise falls like it's a crazy episode guys but yeah also another form of I um what was that (laughs) I guess another thing could be taking care of yourself and that's very general but making it a top priority and I've definitely have not been doing that for the past two weeks as I said I've been struggling sister struggling but um yeah from I'm making a promise you guys that I'm definitely gonna things are looking up I'm neutral today I'm not sad so (laughs) that's sick um but I also have written a little message for y'all because I wanted to give you guys a perspective of my brain and what I've been through mentally and I just want to give like a message to you guys um so I'm gonna give you a message and I'm gonna send you off with a little poem because that's how we roll over here and for your mind. Um, yeah. <sighs> okay. So, message to y'all. But if you are struggling with your mental health and you feel alone, lost, like a failure, etc., I want you to know that you are none of those things. You are not alone because I am here for you, even if I don't know you personally. If you feel lost, just know you are not. You are just disconnected from yourself. You have unlimited potential. If you feel like a failure, know that I am proud of you and that I love you. You are stronger than you realize. We are all in this together, and thank you for still being here. You are valid and you are most definitely enough. So that's something I wrote when I was writing this episode for you guys. And like reading that back, like emotional, oh my gosh. But um, 
I want to send you off with a little poem. Um, it's from the last poem book I referenced in one of my episodes, if you guys remember. Here before dawn. Um, it's called The Gentle Embrace. The Gentle Embrace. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. In those joyless moments when loving yourself feels impossible, close your eyes, visualize your arms extending forward through time, and gently embrace the person you could be. When I read that, I felt alive again. So I hope that helped you. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening. You have no idea how appreciative I am for you guys following the podcast, listening to every episode, even if it's something you're not interested in. And I'm so appreciative. You have no idea. Like, my heart is so warm. So don't forget to come back next Wednesday for another topic. It definitely will be lighter than the past few. So, um... Yeah, if you want a little breath of fresh air, tune in next week. Um, It's going to be funny. (laughs) So this is the Free Your Mind podcast. My voice cracked. This is the Free Your Mind podcast with Gina. And I love you guys. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the FYM podcast. It'll also be in the description. Bye, guys. I love you. If you're thinking about suicide, are worried about a friend or loved one, or would like emotional support, please call the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-8255. The Maryland Crisis Hotline is 1-800-422-0009. Ask for help. You are important.